welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no-bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I am super duper excited to be here today. And um, I'm just going to jump right in to telling you a little story. And um, thank you so much for coming along for the ride. (laughs) It's so nice to know, like, it's so interesting, you know, when you have a podcast, it's like you're doing this thing, like a little weirdo alone up in your room. And then you realize at some point, like, oh, my God, my friends and people who I love and, you know, the Karen Kenny show family is going to be tuning in. So a little piece of me feels like you're already here with me. Right. And of course, in miracles, we talk about how all minds are joined And so even while I'm doing this in some way, you are here. You're always here close in my heart. And just thank you so much for uh, tuning in and and being a part of the show. So so normally at this time every year in January, um, I go down to my favorite writing conference in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, In the past two years, it has been canceled due to, um, you know, obviously the pandemic and stuff like that. Um, but I started to think about something that had happened one time, uh, at the event. So the way that it usually goes is, uh, incredible writers, like famous writers, really successful writers, super smarty pants, but also super fantastic human beings, uh, come to this every year and people can either like workshop their, um, manuscripts. You can take different lectures there's a free reading series in the evening like it's amazing and i've i've done i've been down there i think at least five five maybe six but i think it's like five times and so the last time i went was in 2020 because 2021 and 2022 were canceled um and one of the the guests the guest teachers in 2020 is an author named danny shapiro and some of you might know who danny is uh, she's fantastic she's amazing her and her husband michael Marin. Uh, her husband michael is also um a writer and a director a filmmaker he's got a new movie coming out uh, that's going to be fantastic i can't wait for that but anyways i was thinking about a question that came up in one of danny's lectures uh, and during one of her craft lectures at the conference, somebody asked her about her writing process. Now, as right as, you know, we all, first of all, going, this is why I think spiritual community is also really important, okay? It's so important too for right is, right? When you do something, it can often be super duper helpful to get around other people who do that. So whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a veterinarian or you're a gymnast, or you're an athlete, or you're a speaker, or you're a writer, or you're a spiritual mentor, like whatever, like, it's like, find your people, like, find the other people who are also doing this. Um, Because I always say it like this, find the other weirdos. (laughs) 
find the other weirdos. And that's what it feels like when you go to a writing conference, you kind of look around and you're like, oh, me and all my other fellow weirdos are here. Like we get each other. And there's almost like an instant bond because you recognize that pretty much almost all of you in that room have a love of words, have a love of making meaning, have a love of writing and storytelling. And so you have, a, you know, almost like an instant bond. And that's also what happens in the nest, you know, uh, my, my spiritual membership and mentorship, uh, that community, it's like, oh, all the other weirdos are here, all the other, I call it like the island of misfit toys, right? So anyways, and we're back. So anyways, uh, it was really, it's always so amazing to be at a conference, first of all, with um, other people who have gone before you, who understand about uh, the process of writing. And as writers, we're always really interested in other people's creative process. I'm just interested in all kinds of people's creative process. But when you're with fellow writers, especially when you're a writer yourself, it is just like a kid in a candy store for me. So anyways, here I am listening. And this year at the conference, in 2020, uh, let me set the scene. I was, because uh, I had been down to the conference many times. Uh, I'm friends with um, the directors of the program um, and they know that I love to do shout outs. Like I am a natural cheerleader. I love to uh, talk about people who are doing things really well, like all of this stuff. It's like my natural skill set. So they asked me if I would be interested and kind of running the social media for the week, um, posting stories and like all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, totally, I'll do, I'll do it. So I was paying extra special attention at all these craft lectures because I was capturing moments and I was taking pictures and I was recording things and I was writing things. So at night at the end of the day or throughout the conference when we had a break, I would post these things. And so these things are kind of embedded in my head. Okay, so that's a little bit of the backstory. So now here's the question that somebody in the audience asked Danny. They asked her, they said, you know, they asked her if she just like wrote fast and wild, like when she's doing her first draft of a book, a memoir, novel, whatever, does she just like write it all the way through or does she revise as she goes? Did she write it through to the first draft? Like, like I said, as, as Anne Lamott says in Bird by Bird, um, her famous quote called shitty first drafts. You just like write it or did she revise as she went? And Danny said that she revised as she went. And she was trying to make a point about how it's, it, she was equating it to like people who clean up as they cook, okay? So uh, double amen hands, if you are a fellow person who cleans up as they cook. There are some people who just make like a shit show mess everywhere. <laughs> and then they wait and there's a huge pile of dishes and it's like all this stuff. I'm the kind of person who tries to have a process and a system. So I personally like to clean as I cook. And uh, there are those who like, like to make a mess and then clean up later. I'm not saying one is better than the other. It's just, you tend to know who you are, okay? And she then asked the group, she was trying to like take it a step farther and say, okay, uh, let's, let's equate it in another way, not just through cooking and cleaning. She said, who makes their bed in the morning? And I raised my hand and a bunch of other hands shot up. You know, it's like, yeah, all the bed makers are in the room. And then she said, well, you're probably also the people who revise as you go. And I started laughing because I was like, yeah, that is me. I do revise as I go. And I could do a whole other show on the power of making your bed in the morning. I have been making my bed in the morning since I was a little, 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 little kid. Like I have always been a person who makes my bed 
first thing in the morning. Let's do a whole show on that sometime. That'll be fun because um, I'll just say this though, as a little drop in the bucket, um, it can be a very powerful way to start your day, especially if you're trying to change certain patterns of behavior. If you can start your day with a win, if you start your day with that small victory, like, hey, I said I was going to do something. I did it. I made my bed. It's like it's a very powerful shift in consciousness, but that's a whole other story for another day. So she said, um, all right, so who makes their bed in the morning? We all raised our hand. And then she told us that once a person had answered this question, I thought this was so funny. She said, once a person answered this question, I even made my bed when I stay in a hotel. Like I even make my bed when I stay in a hotel. And Danny laughed and she said, well, then I can't help you. <laughs> she said something like, well, I can't help you then because she found that like really bizarre. And I just sat in my seat, like cracking up laughing to myself because not only do I always still make my bed when I stay in a hotel, I clean up the whole room. Like I clean the whole room before I leave. So my little process is, is like, I strip the sheets off the bed. I take the, the, the pillowcases off the pillows. Uh, I put everything, I take all the wet and damp towels. I put them in a neat pile on the floor. I take the bags out of the little trash cans. I tie them in a knot, you know, like I do this whole thing and I go about the business of putting things back where I found them. So I put the TV clicker back where I found it. I found the little notepad. I put the notepad back where it goes. If something was hanging on the back of the door, I hang that back on the door. I put the thing where you put your suitcase on. I fold that back up, put it in the closet, like whatever, right? So I go about the room and I make sure that I um, put things back. I try to leave the room in um, a cleanly and neat state. And um, I thought about, you know, as we're sitting at the conference, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so while when I go down to the conference, I either stay at a hotel or I rent a, um, an Airbnb. Uh, and there were the past two years at this point, 2019, 2020, um, I stayed in the same house. And it's a cute little house. And some of you, if you follow me, quote unquote, follow me on social media, or if you're my friend on, on social media online, you may have seen me do a bunch of videos over the years of sitting in that little backyard in the sun when I go down to Florida in January. And um, it's a cute little house. Like, I just love it. I love staying there. Uh, so Danny, you know, basically says, uh, who makes their bed? Somebody had said, I make my bed even when I'm in a hotel. And I'm like laughing because I go way beyond above and beyond that. And then I thought about like, I'm like, well, should I raise my hand and, and tell the group how I just spent 45 minutes uh, at, at the Airbnb that I was staying in rearranging the cabinets and <laughs> I rearranged all the cabinets and the drawers because the setup of where everything was like the utensils in relation to the appliances in relation to the sink and to the stove. I'm like, oh my God, this is so blatantly disorganized and it totally makes no fucking sense like where anything is. So I spent a chunk of my morning on the day, our day off uh, like reorganizing the cabinets. And even though I know it's impermanent, right? Like I know the next batch of people that came in there, they would probably put things back haphazardly. But I thought, I don't know, maybe I could set up a system that just makes sense to other minds and, and it will stay this way. But really, I just did it for me. I had no attachment to it staying that way. But I was just recognizing like these patterns that I have. Now, there's a reason why I'm telling you all of this, right? And so I, I chose not to raise my hand 
and tell everybody this because I knew that it wasn't normal, right? Like I know that I'm not normal. I just accept the fact that I'm a, a wicked big weirdo and, that, and I was like, yeah, I know if I raise my hand and tell this story, I'm going to get the look. So like, I just left it alone. But here's one of the things and the reason why the heartbeat of why I'm telling you this whole story. First of all, it's like, hopefully it will help you to kind of identify how you are, like how you show up and how you do things, right? Are you a bed maker? Are you somebody who cleans as you go? I like taking a look at the ways that we show up in the world and the environments that we're in. Okay. So that's clue like number one. But here's the second piece of this. Um, one of the things, and, and nobody asked me, so it was not like I didn't need to tell a whole story about it, but I'm telling you guys about it. So some of you may or may not know that I used to be in the hotel business. So back in the early 90s, like 1990, 1991, before I moved to Los Angeles, um, I was a concierge at the Hyatt Regency in Cambridge, Mass. If any of you have ever stayed at that hotel, like if you drive up Starrow Drive, or if you were a kid who went to BU or uh, BC or even Emerson, you've seen that hotel across the Charles River, like right on the riverfront, right? It almost looks kind of like a, a, a Mayan pyramid. It's like, it looks like a step, a step pyramid in a way. Uh, and being a concierge was one of the most incredible jobs that I've ever had. I loved being in the hospitality industry in the hotel. I can talk about that a whole other time. Um, it was wicked cool. I actually write about it in my book. I just wrote about it um, in chapter 22. <laughs> I just wrote about it in my book. Um, and here's the thing, I love that job. Um, and I also came, oh, Binky. Oh, you guys, you just got to see Binky. <laughs> my bunny's like hopping around behind me. Oh my God, she's so cute. Look at her. Oh my God, her hair. She's having a fantastic hair day. Um, so not only did I love that job, I also came to love uh, the hardworking people who work there. I came to love the housekeeping staff. And a lot of times I wouldn't just stay at the desk. You know, sometimes I would walk people up to their floor. So as a concierge, I also sometimes ran the concierge floor. So this was the floor, like it was a private floor. There was a little concierge club, the fancy people, the famous people, the rich people, right? They all chose to, to stay there. I mean, this, this Hyatt was like, high-end Hyatt anyways, but it was um, really cool. And so I used to also sometimes, like, cause I made friends with a lot of housekeeping staff, I would follow them around sometimes as they were cleaning rooms and I would go into rooms and I would see firsthand. I would see firsthand how um, a lot of people left their rooms, the state of the place after they were gone. And I saw firsthand what the housekeeping staff had to put up with and what they had to clean up, clean up after, who they had to clean up after, and what kind of shit people leave in their wake. So if you listen to um, my podcast episode and it was um, You Are the Captain, I talk about that, right? Like how we have to be aware of the shit that we leave in our wake the shit that we say, the shit that we pull in relationships, the, this, the, our, our bullshit in general that affects other people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm doing a whole podcast about that in relationships to PS, by the way. But I came, became really aware of just kind of the, the shit that people leave um, in their wake and how other humans a lot of times have to clean that up. So in this case, I'm obviously talking about in the hotel business, but I'd also been a waitress. I've also been a bartender. I've also just been in relationships with people who did not do any personal um, transformational or spiritual work. 
and the, the, what happens when people don't do that. And you can probably see it in your own relationships, in your own family, the dynamics of your family of what gets passed down and the shit that gets passed down and how, when shit doesn't get cleaned up, hopefully at some point the buck stops at you. You know what I'm saying? So from having this job, I gradually, but kind of inevitably learned that how you enter a place, right? So let's use the metaphor of the, the hotel. When somebody enters that building, because we had um, porters or, you know, bell, bellboys, you know, they were men, but bellboys at the front of the hotel. And so your interaction starts there, not even at the front desk, right? So how do you speak and treat the people that park your car? If there's valet service, how do you treat and speak the people who bring your luggage in? How do you treat and speak the people who greet you at the front desk? So they're welcoming you into their world because a hotel is an ecosystem. It is a whole world unto itself. And there's a behind the scenes and there's an underneath the building. I mean, it's like a hive. It's like a little hive. And if you don't think that we all don't know about the asshole in room 323, because trust me, word traveled, you know what I'm saying? And so I gradually started to learn that how you entered a place, how you showed up, how you spoke to people, how you treated people, your energy, your vibe matted. And also how you left a place, how you show up and how you leave, because it has an effect. It leaves an impression. It leaves a mark on people. And you can either leave your soul thumbprint in a really positive way, an inspirational way, in kind way. And you can also leave a mark that feels not so great. You know what I'm talking about, right? So since then, I've tried to really be mindful um, of how I enter a space, what, how I am when I'm in the space, and then how I am when I leave the space. And then I think about how is the space any better or worse for me having been there? And so you hear me, wait, I'll save this part. But so here's an example. Uh, I used to work at this, at this yoga studio before I opened my own yoga studio uh, in 2003. I hopped around and worked at a lot of other different places. And I started teaching before I was even certified. So like I started teaching in like 1999, but um, this one particular place, I had to, I'll just remember this. So there were other teachers in this space that the studio was closed. So I didn't even know anybody else was gonna be in the space. But there were two people in the room and they were sitting there doing some sort of, I don't know, they were chatting or meditating or whatever the thing was. And I had to grab something. And where I was packed, I, I don't know if I didn't have coins for the Mita or whatever it was, but I had to make it quick. So I just remember I bolted up the stairs. So this is a yoga space, right? Calm, calm, like good energy, like quiet. And I just kind of came bursting into the room. I didn't know anybody else was there, right? I come bursting into the room and I saw the way that I kind of like jostled them out of their serene moment. <laughs> and I kind of flew in and I was like, really sorry, got to run. Da, 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 da. And I, I mean, I, it was just like, you know, the, the uh, what's his name? Who's the little um, Tasmanian devil? And that's what I was like. I was like, Ooh. and at the time I was like, um, well, I was in a rush, of course, but later, you know, as you, you look back and say, oh, I did not enter that space with reverence. Even if nobody was in that room, 
I was just kind of like a tornado that came like flying into the joint. And so I look back on that now and it was like, oh yeah. So now, and it doesn't mean like the, the message there was slow the fuck down, <laughs> which is, I always say the number one rule of the nest is like, you know, when they say in fight club, what's the number one rule of fight club? You don't talk about fight club. Um, so for me, the number one rule in the nest is slow the fuck down. And so that is something that I have had to learn to do over many years, right? So here's what I'm trying to say. I started to learn that how you leave a place really matters. It makes a difference. So since that time of um, you know working at the hotel and deepening my spiritual practice and maturing, just emotionally maturing as an individual, and being more self-aware and expanding my consciousness. And this is an ongoing journey. P.S., by the way, ongoing journey. Anything I'm saying here to you is also for myself, my own ears. So I try to leave any place that I enter. I try to leave the place, like the environment. I try to leave the people. I try to leave any animals that I interact with. I just try to leave the energy and the vibe of a place better than how I found it. So I always am hoping to um, improve upon, <laughs> improve upon, you know, like the place, like having been there. And if I can't leave a place better for whatever particular circumstances, like things that I have no control over, what I can control is myself, my energy, my words, my vibration, um, the, the way that I speak, the way that I hold myself, the way that I, I interact with others, the, what do I show up and enter the space with love or do I show up and enter the space with fear? Like all those things are wicked important. And I always say like, if I can't leave the place, the actual physical place or the people for whatever reason, because due to a circumstance beyond my control, like let's say, right? Um, well, that's actually not true. I was gonna use, I was gonna use the example of a funeral uh, because obviously you can't bring that person, right? The physical body back from the dead, but uh, you can leave the people that you interact with at the funeral. Um, perhaps, obviously you can't take their grief away, but how you speak and the energy that you hold, like being a safe container for somebody's grief is, is a very powerful thing. Um, but so here's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes you cannot change the physical circumstances or whatever other thing, but I at least want my presence to have been helpful and not harmful. I want my, um, my having been there to make it a more hopeful or happy experience rather than a hindrance. Are, are you saying, are you picking up what I'm saying down? I always say like, if, if when you do spiritual work, when you do this personal work of taking 100% responsibility for how you're showing up in the world, the choices you're making, your behaviors, your thoughts, your words, when, when you get serious and double down, on owning who you really are as an extension of love, as spirit, as an extension of the divine. When you do that, um, you start to understand the power that you actually have to either go out into the world where you inspire people, right? Or you can go out into the world and inflict yourself on people. And it's like, which one do you want to choose? Which one do you want to be? What kind of, what kind of mock do you want to leave? And that's why at the end, and, and here's why I'm really telling you this is because at the end of every episode, if you've been a long time listener, you always hear me say, and I say this to my mentoring clients, I say it to the people in the nest, I say it to all of you every single week when I say, 
wherever you go, leave the people, the place, the animals, the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. And this is kind of the impetus of where that comes from. This is just one example. You know, another thing is that I have been in the presence, and I'm going to talk all about this, about spiritual transmission and being in the presence of very, very powerful people and what a difference that that makes. But you can start to affect this in your own home, with your family, with your children, with your workspace, any place you go where you're invited to speak, even if it's virtual or online who and how you are, what you bring into that space makes a difference. It matters. So think about, right? I want to leave and, and hey, here's a PS. If you're not picking up the, the, the much larger thing, at some point we are all, we're, we're all marching towards death right now. Every single one of us, we're all moving towards the great physical body exit. The spirit lives on. We never really die. However, when this body goes away and my life is looked back upon, I hope that I have left the world a little bit better than how I found it. I hope I've left the people and not all of them, because trust me, I'm sure there are some people in the world who are like, oh, that fucking broad, she killed me. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure, but I, I hope, I always hope, that is my hope, that I can leave myself, the place, the animals, the people, the whole environment, the planet better than how I found it. And this is my hope and my wish and uh, for you as well. And so that's it. I'm going to wrap it up right here with the famous words, <laughs> the famous last words of the show. So you guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. I love you. I celebrate you. I see you. I appreciate you. Wherever you go, please be mindful of this. Leave yourself, the people, the place, the animals, and the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. guys thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the karen kenny show <laughs> i super duper appreciate your time friendship and support and look if something that i shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours i'd love to hear about it so please tag me on facebook or instagram or ig stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>